All right, welcome to another episode of Catholic Mindset, where we create Catholic content for Catholics. Today we have Catholic Comedy. We're going to get to know all about the things that they do at Catholic Comedy. So how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> I am good. Or, or should I say, I am good as well. <laughs> so <laughs> we like to ask our guests, to lead us in prayer, would you mind? Not at all. In nomine Patri, Filii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, creates in celis, sanctificetum et tuum, adveniat rectum tuum, fiat balantas tua, secret in cello et in terra. Panam nostrum cotifianum de nobis odie, intimite nobis de vita nostra, secret nostimitimus de vitoribus nostris, and inos in ducas in tentationem, sed libera nostra malo. Amen. In nomine Patri, Filii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen. And for those that don't, is that the Our Father there in Latin? Yes. Yes. Nice. Nice. So we have an opening question here in Catholic Mindset. It is, what does your heart desire the most? My heart desires. That's a good question. My heart desires an increase in humor and joy in the world. That's that's what I do, is humor and joy. That's what I desire, is more of it. Because I think... As as a society, comedy and humor and joy has kind of taken a back burner and like everyone wants to talk about why you need to be angry or sad or mad or, you know, anything else that's a negative emotion, right? You you go on your social media and it's like, hey, by the way, terrible things are happening. Why don't you focus on this for a while? But I want to be like, hey, we know terrible things are happening. Let's talk about some joyful stuff. So that's what I do. So I just want more of that in the world, I suppose. Is I like it. Side. I like it. So, Catholic comedy. What do you yes. guys do at Catholic comedy? What's going on there? Uh, well, uh, so what we do um, is we make really serious documentaries about the torment of the saints is what we do. Um, it's, I mean... Like, uh, so we're creating some content, which is like, it will help you experience being St. Lawrence and being just pushed onto a hot grill uh, or it's, it's, it's a, like an ASMR thing, like just three hours of that. Um, so that's been taking up a lot of my time. Uh, that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> we, we don't do that. No. Uh, so I do, you know, we, just for try, I, I go on podcasts with people who ask me, uh, like this one, and uh, I do uh, sketch comedy, audio-based sketch comedy. You know why I do audio-based sketch comedy? Because it's cheap. This is, this is not my day job, obviously. This is just a hobby thing that I do. So uh, the audio sketch comedy allows me to be able to create a world and you can listen to it. When somebody tries to do non-professional sketch comedy on video or even professional sketch comedy on video it always comes across looking cheesy and cheap and so if you take the visual out it allows people to use their minds and also there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff that you can do Vis- like that you can't do visually that you can do like i can have the sound of a dragon and say hey there's a dragon here mm-hmm. um and then it's like oh okay there's a dragon there like and you can reveal things like look at what's in my hand like well, what's, what is it? Then you have to kind of explain what it is or I don't know. There's, there's stuff that you can kind of do. That's, that's, I think more fun to do as in, in an audio format, but also most importantly, I don't have to have a camera crew for it. I can do it sitting here 
and have a microphone and just say, hello, this is my sketch. La 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 la, fun, fun, fun. And so that's that's what we do. A lot of that. Um, I just post on Twitter a lot too, or X. It's Twitter. No one's going to call it X. No, it's pretty cool. I, I definitely understand the difference between video and an audio, and it's easier to to do audio and elect. And what you are doing is you, you have your your noises and, and the voices, and it does sound very well done. So I can, and I can see how just having the audio will just create that world in your mind that you're helping create. You know, with with all the noises and the backgrounds and 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 in, in your sketch. Mm-hmm. With the video, it's a little more complex. You need to have more. Well, you need to have set locations and sets and variety of actors and a makeup department and like when you try to like this there are people who do this and there there are some people who do some really decent sketch comedy work and when they do it like you know it's it's clearly like a guy in like you know, like a wig or a guy wearing like a fake beard or like for instance and it's just like the the like trying to do it really well requires a really vast budget and but there's also like there are people who do it really well and who make use of the fact that it's low that like the, it's lower quality in the in the visual. Um, but I just thought sketch comedy in in like audio like if you think about like an old radio program, right? People used to listen to those all the time. It'd be on the radio and you'd be listening to the story of Superman or something like that, and it would be some sort of serial. And you'd listen and they'd have the sound effects and the type stuff and uh, all of that type of stuff really kind of comes together really well and you know if you if you know how to process through that and it's very entertaining you don't need the visual for it and then this way people can listen in their cars as they're driving to and from work so not that anyone does I don't know I have no idea you know what my viewership is like or listenership yeah so no idea any of that I just put stuff out there and hope for the best that's the way to go that's the way to go you know, in time, in time, you'll you'll yeah. find your audience. Like when you asked me who my audience was, I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> it's cool. I should do a poll. Maybe one day in the future, be like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? Why are you now. here? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Why are you listening yeah. to me? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. So how how did it all start? What inspired? Can- oh, this this is a fun story. Uh, so I don't know if you know this, but a few years back, there was this little virus going around that people got a bit afraid of. Um, so that, yeah, you know what? There was controversy on what the name was, which is, there was this, just this thing is happening. I don't know. I, I may have been just a local thing. I don't know. But, um, so all of the different Catholic conferences and stuff that happened during that time, during that time frame were just outright canceled. Right. So there was, there used to be this thing where we would do where people would come together and you'd have these speakers who would be like, this is why you should be angry at the world right now. And then afterwards you'd leave and you'd get co-mingled with your friends there and you'd talk and you'd chat and you'd make jokes and stuff. And then you'd go back in to learn about why the world is coming to an end. And then you'd break for lunch and then learn more about the world coming to an end. And then they're usually mass. And then afterwards you go out for drinks. That was a thing you know, they'd have these conferences and you'd show up and you'd do a conference, right? Um, and then all these conferences shut down, but they went virtual. 
uh, which made mean, meant that you weren't sitting with your friends afterwards, joking around and having a good time. It was just you'd watch videos of people telling you why the world is coming to an end. And then that was it. And that's what like Catholic content was for quite some time. It was these conferences that were virtual. Um, and so you would. And so like I was sitting there and I'm like, we need something fun. Yeah, it's like that. I want Catholic humor, Catholic comedy. Um, so I said, you know what? I'm going to put a, put together a festival, uh, and I'm going to find a location, and we're just going to invite people over and do a festival, uh, like a, a comedy thing, like a comedy night or something like that. So I have a friend of mine who used to be a stand-up comic, and I I asked him if he knew good comedians to come, and he said, okay. Here's a lady who does Laugh for Hope. And Laugh for Hope is where is this pregnancy center, and they bring in a bunch of a bunch of comedians to do stand up comedy for this pregnancy center. And he said, "Call her and see if she knows any good Catholic comedian." I said, "Okay, great." So I called her up, and I said, "I want some comedians for my Catholic festival." And she said, "Do they have to be Catholic comedians?" And I said, "Yes, it's a Catholic festival. I'm Catholic." And- the venue is going to be Catholic and everything, you know, is going to be Catholic. It's a Catholic comedy. And she said, Catholics aren't funny. So I was like, oh, all right. So I went online and I registered CatholicComedy.com and it cost me 12 bucks. So maybe she had a point. And uh, it was already that it was, that it was available. It was available and it was 12 bucks. So it was. <laughs> Yeah, so there's so then I, I I got myself a Twitter account and I started just like posting memes and stuff like that and then and then uh, a while afterwards I was like you know people would be saying like because I'd go on these on podcasts and they'd be like what do you do to help Catholic comedy like I just am trying to spread the word about Catholic comedy and they would say okay have you ever considered doing any stand up and I have a terrible stutter when I get nervous. Which shows you that I'm not nervous on this particular podcast. You don't intimidate me at all. I presume it's because, Glad. yeah, I mean, it's just we're two nobodies going back and forth. It's fine. So I, I have a terrible stutter when I when I get really nervous, and I could not imagine being able to do stand up, being really nervous. Could it be like, be like, so what what what's the deal with uh, those air, air, airline peanuts guy? But that would be me. Um. And that just, and it, it wouldn't go over very well. I mean, there's this, there is actually a comedian that does really well because he has a stutter and he works it into his act or whatever, but he's got like a legitimate stutter, not like a nervous stutter. So he gets to work with it better. Anyway, so I knew that I couldn't do it. And then uh, I listened to these audio sketch stuff from this, these guys in, in the UK called Mitchell and Webb. Uh, they are not Catholic friendly. So just, heads up that's not an endorsement from a catholic comedy perspective they have some funny stuff but they do it all on audio and i was like because i was looking and there was i looked up you know catholic sketch groups and there were some uh that were out there but they didn't last very long because they were like video based and everything and i thought well these guys they made a funny comedy series that was on the radio uh maybe i could do something similar and so i started out uh, with like just the idea was going to be that I was just going to go into like Windows audio recorder and just record myself telling jokes like from a joke book just like open a joke book and read some jokes okay and so I did that for like 
for like a day or two. And I was like, well, this isn't, that's not that fun. And I don't think people care so much. And then I asked people to send in their jokes and that didn't work. Nobody cared enough to send it. My, my reach was minimal at the time. It still is minimal, but it's better than it was. Um, and so, so I was like, okay, uh, maybe I should just do some sketches. My wife and I were watching, we, we like to watch those haunting shows, like on the travel channel, there's, they've always got like the most haunted house in America. Okay. So we were watching some of those shows and I was, and I was making the joke about how like, wouldn't it be funny if you had an exorcist show up to these, uh, they'd be like an exorcist tour is the most haunted house in America. And he just walks in like, and like, he, I don't know if you know Father Rick, but he kind of talks like this. And so he just walk in and say, oh, oh no, yeah, I exercise the place. It's fine now. Yeah, no, it was, there's so part. There was just a part of the hell. I took care of it. It's not a big deal. Like that kind of, <laughs> like, but that, like those, those kinds of things. So that was like the first real sketch that I put out there. Uh, was the Father Ripperker? It's a Travel Channel presents Father Ripperker uh, tours America's most haunted uh, haunted houses, and so it's just like they, you know, it's like coming this Halloween, and you know, be like you know, just stuff. You know, they they go to a different house, and he's just like, oh yeah, no, I, like you see, talk with Father Ripperker as he t- gets face to faint with the Lord of Darkness. Like, yeah, I've met Satan, but I just, you know, I threw some holy water on him. It's not a big deal. That type of stuff. So uh, then I just started writing some more sketches. And then I had a friend of mine who was just like, hey, I can do other audio work with you. And so he does the other audio. So it's the Stephen and Miles sketches that we have. Uh, he is Miles. I am Stephen. My name actually is Stephen. Not that it matters, but... Um, he is, uh, his name isn't Miles. He wants to be anonymous. So I just gave him a name. Um, and then, so he records some audio for me. And I paste them together and we put some sketches. So that's kind of how we came to be where we are today. That's pretty cool. I think, I think the way you're coming about doing these are, is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, the, the thing for me is that I remember being told by someone at some point that if you really want something and it doesn't exist, you kind of have to make it yourself, right? Like until like, I can't go out there and say, and be like, Hey, I'm going to hire a bunch of comedy writers to make a Catholic comedy sitcom or something like that, because I want to see a Catholic sitcom. Like I don't, I'm not in that kind of position to do something like that. So I guess I'm just going to have to make stuff that's funny and put it out there. And hopefully we'll inspire other people to say, hey, you know what? I could do this too. I could do some audio sketch work. I, you know, just, you know, the different ways of just getting that type of really quick, easy, funny two to three minutes or three to five minutes or whatever, you know, comedic work to just kind of be tossed out there so people can have fun with it. So that's, that's the dream is that somebody is going to be like, I'm going to do this. It's going to be awesome. And then they start doing it too. And then we have just a variety of content creators instead of, I love content creators and I love people who do podcasts. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on a podcast right now, but I do. I enjoy a lot of the, a lot of the content creators, but I think that there's a lot of people who are following just the exact same formula 
for their content. And it's, I'm just going to report on politics, particularly church politics, and that's my show. And so, like, they start out meaning real well. So I hope that you continue to do the well-meaning stuff that you do. But it, I, I see it almost always devolving. Like, it starts out with, hey, we're going to talk about the saints. And like, great, okay. So you go through and they talk about the saints for, like, the first six months. And then they're going to do a single episode on, like, this is why this particular bishop is a heretic. And it gets like 10 million views. Like, I guess we're just talking about heretics now. And so now every show has to be about who is a heretic and why. And I was like, but you started out so well. But what I would like to do is, is for people to try to be, to out funny each other instead of out outrage each other. So I would love for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I lean more towards the, educational interview review mm-hmm. awareness uh, d- discover i mean we have so much we have 2000 years worth of history here that you know it's e- all everywhere and then only okay. not only that but it's everywhere on the world with different saints and different cultures so i, yeah. I guess my my goal is to help um I'm not expose it it's out there but uh, but bring more awareness to it you know and and in the meantime i get to also get to know people like yourself as, as I found you on Instagram mm-hmm. and the cool work that you're doing. I think that there's a lot of cool things that Catholics are doing and they don't like to take credit for it because it's what we're taught. But, you know, every once in a while it's good to jump on a show and, and let people know that there's cool Catholics doing cool things. Yeah. You know? And the whole mindset thing that I was telling you pre-podcast too, I like that too. And um, eventually we'll be able to do more like, hey, let's let's do a mindset approach to like what the god was probably what is christ's mindset during the crucifixion and all his steps the i i actually so i i you bring that up i've been thinking about something in my brain and i haven't found a place to talk about it yet and so we're here and you mentioned mindset but i think i i think uh during christ's passion when no one was around to see like in the in-between right because first he was you know he was captured then he was you know then it was the uh the scourging and then the crown of thorns and everything but there's time between that i think in between there he was laughing and i tell you why because the plan was working it was going exactly according to plan satan thought he was winning and he was doing all the things that christ thought he was knew he was going to do and it was working perfectly because just like imagine right you being there, like Christ sitting there, and he's like, okay, this is bad. This is, you know, the, the pain is terrible, but everything is going exactly as I intended it to go, right? Like, I was betrayed, knew I would be betrayed, and I was, you know, I'm, I'm being being scourged and be a crown of thorns, and they're going to crucify me in like an hour and a half. This is like, this is this is the best day of my life because I know now that in a few short hours, I'm going to be, you know, Satan's going to be at the, going to be at like the front doors of hell, like cheering and like, yeah, we did it. And I'm just going to walk in the back door and let, and like, just let so many people out. I, that's, that's, I think the mindset, like we, we focus in on a lot, like, and it's important, not going to, to, you know, degrade the importance, but we do focus a lot on like the pain, torture and torment, but that was God's greatest joke on Satan. Satan's like, I won. And God's like, turn around. I just emptied out like this part of this pocket of hell of all the people that you were unjustly keeping there who, you know, weren't the worst of the worst of sinners. Like we 
you know, who pulled them all out. So you lost. And now anyone can make it to heaven if they, you know, by uniting themselves to the cross. So sorry. You know, it's like, it's like you, like, you think it's like you watch, you like watch Oceans 8, right? Or Oceans 7 or Oceans 8 or one of those, like, whatever. Uh And like the heist films, right? And it's like, they all get captured and they're all being like put into like the paddy wagons or whatever. And then they turn around and there's a wink. And then it's and then it's like the, the the whole scene rewinds and they show the people who are working in the background. So even though it looked like they were losing, they were actually winning the entire time. That's what the whole like at right when you know Satan turns around like you like Satan cheering with his demons, like, yes, we won. And then and then uh, you know, that's when the whole rewind happened and Satan was like, Oh no, and turns around and you know. Like they'd like find like a note or something that says "ha ha gotcha" or whatever, but instead Satan finds finds that uh, Jesus had released the uh, a lot of people from hell, and that there's nothing Satan could do about it, and he lost. That's that's my mindset on how perfect that you see that perspective. I had not thought about it, and I haven't thought about it that way, but I love it. I love it, and it makes sense. Everything is going to plan now. Yeah. Now. Now the next time we're doing the Passion of Christ, I'm going to be doing a mass. I'm going to be doing the stations, and I'm going to see. Imagine Jesus there, you know, be like, I can't even. Yeah, this it's the wink, it's the wink, right? It's it's like part of the plan, right? It's like you know, it's it's the you know the show being put out on front, right? You know, and everything happening on Earth, and Satan's focus is looking at the physical reality, but completely missing the metaphysical reality of everything that's happening in the background. So he thinks that he's winning, but in actuality, he's losing. And it's just, it's like a heist movie, but it's, it's the greatest heist movie in the world because it's when Jesus snuck around and stole all of Satan's souls that he had unjustly kept. So. I love it. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love it. So as as you move forward with Catholic comedy, where would you like it to go? What was the envision? If you had no limitations whatsoever, you know, what would you like Catholic comedy to become? Uh, if I had no limitations whatsoever, I would start up a Catholic comedy media company, basic Catholic comedy studios that would do uh, any of the type of stuff that we that we we need it to do, right? Like. Like I would want to do, I want to write a sitcom. I want there to be a Catholic sitcom out there. I think it would be great. I think that we're starved for sitcoms right now because when was the last sitcom that you can really think about that like grabbed national attention, right? And the last, it's every generate, every single generation has their one. Like it was Cheers for the people in the eighties, and the nineties it was Friends, and in the two thousands it was How I Met Your Mother, and now it's like nothing. Like, there's no real big, like, solid sitcom that everyone's like, yes, everyone's watching this show, right? So I would want to make something that was that way, something that would be uh, Catholic, that the whole family could watch, but would also be a sitcom, right? You know, you'd be able to have that. Like, I mean, there's Everybody Loved Raymond was all right, although not truly Catholic, although they were Catholic in the show. Kevin Can Wait with Kevin James, probably the best one, but got canceled after the second season. Kevin can like wait. It. Kevin can wait. Kevin James is a huge Catholic. Yeah. You know that? Like he's not, I'm not, okay. So if Kevin James is listening, I'm not talking about your weight being a huge Catholic, but no, he's, 
he's he's a very devout Catholic. Uh, he he hosts uh, Father Ripperger, who is the famed Catholic exorcist and such. Catholic, yeah, he's Catholic. Very very Catholic. Oh. There's he did he did a couple sketches on YouTube. One of them was, <laughs> in one of them, it's like he and his friend are like passing in a hallway and it's, and it's like, oh, look, you got something on your shoe. Oh, so there's something over there. And then uh, it ends with, um, so it looks like you have an, or you have a, an evil entity right there over your shoulder. There's like this black orb. And so then he takes out, he's kind of, he takes out a crucifix and some holy water. And he says the St. Michael prayer uh, while dousing his friend in holy water. Oh, no, I'll get that. And he does that. It's really funny. Um, that's cool. I mean, yeah. I had no idea. I mean, I've seen his stuff with the same lady here. Was this Cameron can wait? Yeah. He, so in the first seat, I think the first have a season, sh- yeah, I used to have a, a show, a, a show. King of Queens. King of Queens. Yes. I I've, I used to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So he, so yeah, he did King of Queens, which was your basic kind of, you know, sitcom show for the nineties. Kevin can wait was much more Catholic. They had a priest in there. Uh, the, the, them going to mass was a big deal. Uh, you went to confession and everything. So there were definitely like, it was a lot more Catholic Kevin can wait than, um, than like King of, King of Queens wasn't Catholic at all. It was just yeah. a secular show that he was on. Mm-hmm. Then he became famous enough that he could have his own show and it really good. But it did, it got canceled after the second season. Uh, they made some interesting choices between the first and second season that I think a lot of people just didn't like as much. And so, but whatever, I, I want to do something like that. Right. And so, okay. I want to make movies and TV shows. I want to make Catholic culture a thing. I love Saint movies. I'm not going to say anything against Saint movies. They're great, but we need more form.org. You go on there. Like I can watch the lives of like 10,000 different saints, which is fantastic, but I don't get to see a regular Catholic person living their regular Catholic life in the world that we have today and navigating all of that, which is what sitcoms help with. Sitcoms let you see person who is not perfect going through life and navigating family situations and stuff like that. And I would love to see that type of thing happen. I would love to see an actual Catholic sitcom, a real sitcom that has to do with Catholic people living in a world probably also do like a Catholic late night show and stuff like that. But anything really that I could do to help promote this idea of humor and joy in the world. I love it. You know, I, I sometimes I wonder, you know, why we should have more con- more Catholic content. And I'm not saying also like it needs to be like a Catholic show, right? It can mm-hmm. be just a regular show with all these Catholic cultural, right. behavioral, like, like, like you said, it could be like, like this guy, you know, you have your show, but then he goes to mass, he goes to confession, he, he has, right. they pray before, all these subtle, but in your face, just like they do with other stuff that we don't right. want to know about, but they put in our face, right, in right. all these movies. Uh, so in Kevin Can Wait, there's a crucifix in every single room of the house. And you see, as they go through, you can see it hanging on the wall in each room. There's one in the kitchen, there's one in the living room. Uh, in the second season, they have Boss Rutten in there as, I don't know if you know who Boss Rutten is, but he's an MMA fighter slash comedian. And so he has his rosary and he's always saying his rosary while he's at work. So he's there and he's holding his rosary when he's at, when he's at work, uh, with, uh, with Kevin, Kevin James. So that, that type of stuff, like it's just there, right? It's not, and it's, 
it's not super in your face, but it's in your face enough to know that these people are Catholic. Exactly. And like in one of the very first episodes of the show, the, the show has like where uh, Kevin James's daughter comes back from college and she's engaged to this guy and he doesn't have a place to live. So he lives above the garage for, the, uh, for them. And uh, the daughter says, hey, what I like, wouldn't it be easier if he just if I just lived with him? And he said, not in my house. So that's that like that the ability to, to do like Catholic social teachings, right, about like Catholic morality in a realm that's not like according to Thomas Aquinas, you know, question blog, subsection blah, this would be immoral, which is what a lot of a lot of the content we have out there now is more podcasty and less um, entertainment. Right. And so we, we basically we seeded all of entertainment over to Hollywood. Right. It's like, you know what? We're not doing entertainment. And, and what we what we get entertainment wise or that's like not offensive is like pure flicks, which is watered down Protestantism. And so you, what you have is like something that's vaguely inoffensive, but also not really Catholic and not really great. And then anything that's in, you know, big epic productions are all secular Hollywood stuff you have some of these little pieces of Catholicism that do make their way in. Like do yourself a favor, go check out some, like it's some, some movies and then look for the Catholicism because there are secret Catholics in Hollywood right now that are injecting little bits of Catholicism into it. Like the the last haunted mansion on the haunted mansion movie, which came out recently was actually really good and quite Catholic. It's not great. Yeah. Haunted Mansion. Mansion movie, yeah, Haunted Mansion. It's it's uh based on the Disneyland ride, Disney World ride, Haunted Mansion. You're not that would uh, so there was one that came up in 2003 with Eddie Murphy, and there's one, one that came. Yeah, there's one that just came out 2023 uh, this summer. Yep, I see it. So, so they talk and, and in those uh, there's it, well the the new one is about is about death, grief, joy, redemption, and moving on. Um, and it's really great. And there's stuff about like comedy and drama says here. It's, 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 it's comedy, it's drama. It's, but it's, it's really about grief and about how we process grief and how we take something that should make us sad and we can transform it into joy. And there's a very good message there that I think a lot of people n- wouldn't get because it wasn't promoted nearly as well as it should have been. And because it came out from Disney and we have a lot of people who would benefit from it, who just say, I don't do anything from Disney because of X, Y, and Z. It's like, yeah, I get that. But you should, if Disney does something good, you should reward them for it. Right. And you should like, if it's, it's like, you know, we, we don't understand the prodigal son where the prodigal son comes back. Right. And we're like, if we were all in charge of that, we'd be like, well, you know, he he really kind of was a jerk and ran off with his inheritance and spent it all. So, sorry, prodigal son, you can't come back home. It's like, no, but if if he comes home, you reward him for coming home, for doing the right thing. There might still be a lot of work, but you still give that, like, yes, you're alive, you're here. And the same thing happens with any of these companies. Like, they do terrible things. But let's reward them when they do a good thing, so they'll focus on doing more good things. Like I'm, I'm envisioning right now, Disney walking up to the house, to the to the father, 
Hey, I'm sorry. Oh, hello, hello, father. Well, will you let me back in the house? I spent my inheritance, I man. I, I could be a servant of yours. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something <laughs> like that. Uh-huh. But I mean, it's it's yeah. So it's it's difficult, and like, and I, you know, you get it. I I don't like to talk about boycotts and stuff like that, but I do like to talk about content. And when the content is good, you can you can consume the content, and you try to to get people more interested in the positive content. And in other realms, because it's such a secular bar, because the media take two. And in other realms, because the media is so secularized, you try to pick out the good teachings and good learnings that you can get from something. And so long as there's nothing truly morally indefensible in the film, but it also might have good moral lessons, you should take that in and you should say, this is good content, right? It doesn't have to be, you know, carrying a Dewey Rames Bible and trumpeting about the, the glories of Catholicism to be a good film that you can pull Catholic themes from. Like, Lord of the Rings is not, Lord of the Rings is very Catholic, but Jesus doesn't, isn't specifically mentioned at all. So you don't have to have the content being so, like, if you put too much the religiosity in there, like the holier than thou type stuff or the cheesiness that comes with a lot of the Protestant content, you turn off the general audience. You want the general audience to understand the epic nature of religion, like the epic battle between heaven and hell, right? Between And that battle between heaven and hell is for your soul. God is fighting Satan's for you. God doesn't need to fight Satan. Satan can't touch heaven. Satan can't get close to heaven. God is fighting for you, individual person, all the individual people. So exorcists and angels and, uh, you know, and saints and everyone who is, is fighting in the battle are fighting to save you. And that's an epic fight that we need to really understand. You can understand it like, like the movie Constantine with uh, Keanu Reeves. Not a fantastic film, but it showcased true, like, there's demons and there are angels and they've got this old Nephilim thing that's kind of weird and wonky. But um, but the idea is that there are epic battles between heaven and hell and it's for every individual soul. There's a fight, right? For the soul of the woman in the beginning who commits suicide. And in there, there's actually a really great part. And I, I'm going off the rails here. So you let me know if I'm too far off the rails. No, but in the, I, I don't I don't know. I haven't seen them. So, no of them, but... So Constantine in the movie, um, see, so in the movie it starts off with a girl who commits suicide, and she does that to so that she can warn her, or she can warn her sister and uh, and John Constantine about an evil plan that the devil's son is trying to enact. Right, the devil's son is trying to enact this evil plan, um, and so she kills herself for that one, but she still kills herself, so she's in hell. And Constantine goes into hell and sees that she is there. And then John Constantine kills himself uh, at the at the end in order to summon the summon Satan, so Satan could see that hit, that Satan's son. It's as complicated thing, but Satan basically his son is trying to destroy the world and do things that are against the rules and blah blah blah. Satan doesn't want him to do it, so Constantine bring er, tries to kill himself so that Satan would come to to get his soul. Satan shows up. 
sees what's happening with his son, uh, gets up, takes care of all of that, and then is um, then asks Constantine, you know, okay, so you did this thing. I'll give you something, you know, like what what do you want? And so what he asks for is for Satan to release the soul of the girl who was trapped in hell. And so Satan says, okay, and done. And that shows like Satan, like it's not God tossing us into hell. It's Satan clutching on to us and pulling us to hell. And, you know, the way that we can get past that is through is through the cross. But Satan releases this girl and she gets to go to heaven um, because, you know, she because she, his the, the, the torment and whatever that Satan has over her is is released. And so it's, it's kind of this neat idea. And I'm sure maybe some one of your listeners will come back and be like, well, I think that's heretical. Maybe it is. But it at least talks about like that hell is a real place. Mm-hmm. And it's not just this kind of like this afterlife concept where everyone goes to heaven and then evil people also go to heaven, but we don't talk about it. Right. It's, it's the, uh, it, but there are these little nuggets of authentic Catholicism that find their way into different films. Right. That's because somewhere on the writing staff is someone who is Catholic who has been like, I'm going to just put this little tiny Catholic nugget in there, right? Well, what about, uh, so, I mean, we have these ghosts in the Haunted Mansion. What, are, what do we say? Oh, we'll just say they're in purgatory. Okay, yeah, we'll say that they're in purgatory. Cool. Catholicism now has entered the chat, right? Now yeah. purgatory is part of the canon of the story, so you have to acknowledge purgatory exists. Souls can be trapped in purgatory. Souls can move from purgatory to heaven. That's something that you that you can note that is, you know, very Catholic that has snuck its way into these movies. So we need to get the culture back, but we're not going to do it with just talking theology. You have podcasts, great. Use it to influence people to make more content that's not just another podcast your podcast is good i like what you're doing i know what you're up. but there's there are people who is like i'm just going to capitalize on the anguish of the church right now and put out another podcast to to get people angry so and then i'm going to attack other podcasts so that i can try to get to get their viewership and the whole thing is just about me 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 like no my job the catholic comedy job is to get people like you and anybody else who can make content to to make it and make it filled with joy and hope and laughter and uh, fill the world with that. Bring the whole Catholic experience out. And it's not just about quoting scriptures and reading and reading the stories of saints, although the stories of saints are good and we should know them and we should talk about them and we should talk about the glory of the saints, not just their their terrible murders, which, you know, most of them have, were terribly murdered, not just the terrible murders, but the glory thereafter, the joys that they brought. You know, St. Philip Neri, he is the patron. Which, uh, I'm there. I'm not sure. St. <laughs> Philip Neri, um, he, he got people to talk about the faith during the Protestant Reformation uh, he, they, they say he re-Catholicized Rome during the Protestant Reformation. You had bishops fighting bishop. You had priests fighting priests. You had confusion about doctrine and and everything going on. And hey, sounds familiar. 
but what what was able to save Rome wasn't like it, it wasn't you know the the greatest theologians of all time. It wasn't quoting scripture. It was Saint Philip Neri going to hospitals and ministering to the poor and the sick, bringing uh, bringing people to the poor and the sick to to teach them how to how to help them, right? Telling jokes and then starting up his oratories that allowed for people to to teach the faith through plays and stories and music and laughter. And that was how he saved Rome. It wasn't a it wasn't a huge debate between him and the Protestants. Right. It wasn't St. Philip Neri going up there being like, okay, Martin Luther, come over here. Let's battle it out in a battle of wits. Let's see who's smarter and who's better. It was forget Martin Luther, whatever, you know. I'm going to try to to try to save everyone's soul and I'm going to try to teach them about the glory of Christ in whatever way that I can reach them. And for some people, quoting scripture works and there's lots of people who quote scripture. Talking about the, the lives of the saints works. Lots of people talk about the lives of the saints, but you also need the content, the entertainment part of it because there's a lot of people who aren't going to pick up on it unless they can sit down and enjoy it. Right. You know, people who like they go to church every Sunday, but they treat it like a chore because that's not the way that they're that they're really experiencing and learning about God. It's the way that they are fulfilling an obligation, but they don't understand like why it's so great because no one has tried to talk to them in the way that they could be talked to about how and why this is so important. It's just you go to church because we tell you to go to church and then the rest of your life, you, you devote one hour a week to God, sometimes as little as 45 minutes, depending upon how quickly your priest talks. Um, so you, you, you spend one hour in church and then you go home and you forget about God until next Sunday, right? But if it's part of the culture, you can't escape God, right? Because every, you're going to turn on your TV, you're going to watch your favorite shows, so there's going to be God in them. Not necessarily a hammer over the head, but the the morality, the lessons, the livings of other Christians will be there for you to 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 internalize because it's part of your whole culture, not just every Sunday you show up for it and try to pay attention. And I'm not saying the people who are doing podcasts to stop doing podcasts. You do the podcast all you like. If you want to put out another Catholic, just if if anyone here is listening to you. And I don't know if anyone does listen to you, but some people, if any, <laughs> some people presumably, if anyone is listening to you and they th- and they're thinking to themselves, I want to create something. Think of something beyond two guys at a microphone, which is you know the the, the two guys sitting there talking church politics and you know rather. There, there are actually some other podcasts that are pre- that are pretty cool out there. Um, there's uh, Aaron Iber or something. Uh, he does the uh, like, like I do believe in fairies, uh, which is about mythology and uh, mythological figures and cryptids and stuff like that, and how that all fits within Catholic ideology. Um, so just like th- that's kind of neat. That's not your like if you're going to do a podcast, do it on something that's unique. Um, but if you can if you have the talent and the time to do something more creative, to write songs or like if, if Stilia, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to have to send you these people so that you can include them in the <laughs> notes or something. But yeah, um, 
there are people out there who are like making song parodies for Catholicism. There's Enoch who's do who has like two rap albums out for Catholicism. There's uh, you know, people who are doing work to really kind of picking up the uh like picking up the standard of Saint Philip Mary and parading it, right? Like they know they're they're picking up they might not even know who Saint Philip Mary is, but they're doing the works that he did. Yeah, it's like it's it's interesting. Every generation has the people in it that that we need to save the world. It's whether or not we realize that they're there and we listen to what they say. Like I think uh, Fulton Sheen, blessed Fulton Sheen, which is probably saying Fulton Sheen, but let's not get into that politics. Um, so Fulton <laughs> Sheen was during during this really crucial post World War II time frame. He was very crucial in in evangelizing, and he was so popular. He had a, he had like the number one TV show during that time. Like he was more popular than Lucille Ball in terms of viewership, right? Like, he had a huge, this huge, uh, this huge popular TV show, which he used to talk the truth, and he had humor in there, and he all it was you know, and he also had truth in there, um, and so there there is someone who is that today. I can't tell you who they are because they haven't made that big entryway, right? Like that's something that's so easily recognizable. But there's someone there that God will use to do this type of thing, right? And so it could be one of the people listening to this right now that can go out there that they have the talent and they have the ability and they have the time to make it happen and they should just, they should go for it. They should go for it and just start making content. You know what? If you, like, none of the views on my, on any of my sketches past like 400 for any of that, right? It's I think my most popular one's like 400 something. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because a hundred years ago, if you convinced 10 people to join the church and to listen to what you were saying, you could have been a saint, right? Like that's just kind of how it was. You didn't like, it wasn't necessarily that you would convert the whole world or that you'd be listened to by millions. You create the stuff, you put it out there. I guarantee you someone's life is going to be changed by listening to it. You may never meet them. You may never know it until, you know, you die and then Christ comes to you and says, look at the good works that you have done, my child. I made a stupid song and I put it on the internet. Like, yeah, but but this this girl listened to that song and it stopped her from doing this evil thing or it made her reconsider or it brought her to me. And so these are the good deeds that you have done, even if you didn't realize it. Sometimes, you know, when you first start, you're like, oh, 10 views, 100 views, and then you're and you're stuck. You feel stuck and like, oh, you keep pumping out these reels, this content, and you're like 100, 150. But then <laughs> what I tell myself, if you do one of these events in the community and you, you, you're you lucky that you get 15 people to show up, right? Yeah. It would be awesome if you have yeah. 10, 10 people to show up to your event. I, I, I'll tell this. I got to tell this story. I don't know if you'll cut it or not or leave it in there, but I was so... There was there's a particular podcaster out there. I'm not naming by name, but um, I was kind of poking fun because he had this idea for a dating service, and it's basically him and another guy doing a dating service. Like two dudes dating service is weird. So I made a post about it, and then he came like he's got tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousand followers. He comes down to 
me, I got 4,000 followers, give or take. And he's like, pulls up my YouTube thing to show like my, I only have like 150 or something subscribers, like any like screenshots. It's like, if you want to get to more than, a, you know, want to get to like 100,000 subscribers, maybe you should blah, blah, blah. I'm like, if I get 10 people who genuinely like my work, who enjoy it, that's 10 more people than if I had done nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And it's not about being the, like, I am the number one Catholic audio sketch commentary or sketch comedy uh, group on YouTube. Number one. I mean, you are. I, yeah. <laughs> I, by virtue of being the only one, I am the, I am number one. But, like, that that being said, right, someone, someone, it's a good story, good story. Sorry, I, I keep jumping around. Like, this is how my brain works. I was on a phone call for work, doing a work thing, not a Catholic comedy thing, a work thing. Somebody asked me to stay after the call. They wanted to talk to me. Usually it's because they have a question, another question or something like that, whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, sit, I'll stay after the call. So everyone else gets off the call and they say, are you Catholic comedy? And I was like, yes. My son was at a, or went to a youth thing and they were playing your sketches there. Interesting. You know, but like somebody saw the stupid things that I was doing and thought that it would be worthwhile to share it with this youth group for some kind of a lesson. Who knows what comes out of that? Every time that I start to have doubts, God drops these little tiny things, you know, remind me that it's not the the viewer count that matters. We can change lives and we can change minds and we could make things better if we just do something. Because if you do nothing, you're not helping anyone. But if you do a little bit, you do something, you put something out there, someone, this great big internet of ours, someone will find it. Someone will find the thing you did and they might come back to God. You might convert a sinner. You might save, you know, you might save a whole city. Who knows? You might convert the person who's going to be the next St. Philip Neri, right? You might any of that can occur, but none of it would occur if you don't do something. And we need the content, so make the content. I'm sure you could cut that whole thing down to like 30 seconds of each thing. Make the content, make the content, make the content. But it's we need it. We definitely need it. And there are a lot of people who are clamoring for it, but who aren't like you see people say, like, we need more more like Catholic content or or conservative content or whatever, blah, blah, blah. We need to get this concept out of Hollywood. It's like, okay, then do it. Doesn't matter if it's crap. Do it. Make it. Make it. And, you know, some people will like it. Then maybe somebody will want to give you a budget to make it better. Right. But if you, if you don't start it, if you don't try, you're never going to get past that. You're never going to have it be better. You're just going to have it have the status quo. And so that's why I do these stupid little sketches because I wanted, you know, more Catholic content. And sitting around and hoping for it to happen isn't going to make it happen. So I do it. And then I encourage other people to do it too. I say, yeah, go for it. That's a great idea. Try it. Work it out. See if you can make it happen. And, you know, I think there's going to be in the next few years, I feel like there is going to be a shift and we're going to have a lot more of that content showing up there. Most partially because people are getting kind of tired with the, let's just chat about church politics podcast uh but also i think you know the message is spreading we have like 
when I started this, I was told there's no Catholic comedians, right? There's no Catholics aren't funny, right? Uh, but since then, we've had the rise of Jen Fulweiler, right? She's a good Catholic comedian. She does. She's touring across the country. So her whole thing is that she's the like mom and she did like the mom in a bus tour or something like that, or mom in a van, where she went around the country and just booked places. And it's a lot of mom jokes, not your mom jokes, but being a mom jokes. Your mom jokes are still after the nineties. I got it. I got it. Uh, and then, uh, and then you also have Jeremy McClellan, uh, who he's very famous with with Muslims, even though he's Catholic. But he does some really, he has some really good Catholic content. Uh, so he and he's he's touring around and he's doing shows and stuff like that. So he's getting more famous um, as he does these things. Uh, we have Father Paul Hulis, H O U L I S. He he is uh, he's supposed to, he's doing like his holy mess stuff where he's a holy mess, but he's a priest and he did some, he does some stand up comedy. Uh, so he, you know, he's doing some cool stuff there. Um, so there's just a lot more people are starting to do that. And, um, I'm not saying it's because of me, but I am taking credit for it. Good. Um, <laughs> a little bit is okay. <laughs> yeah. Humility is important. And, and in humility, I'm taking credit for things that people are doing. So, uh, I think that's humility. I, my dictionary is broken, uh, so you're good. Uh, but it's this. There is, there's a lot that is happening that we don't necessarily see currently. And I, 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 I have, I have my fingers in a lot of different areas, and I know a lot of different people who are doing a lot of different things that will be coming out in the next few months slash years. And so there's a lot of stuff happening that we don't necessarily see, but keep an eye out for it and then look for that content. And if, if dear listeners slash podcast host, if you find a person who is, who does not um, fill you with joy and hope, just because they're Catholic doesn't mean you have to support them. You don't have to listen to every Catholic podcaster out there. And you don't even have to listen to the famous ones. You don't have to watch Pints with Aquinas if Pints with Aquinas does not does not help you. If it hurts you, if it causes you to become or to to be despairing or to um, or you know if, it, if you think it's causing scandal, stop watching it. You know, walk away. Look for smaller. Like, I love small podcasts. I'm not saying you're a small podcast, but I'd never heard of you, so presumably. It's but I love. I love small podcasts, especially at the beginning, because you can steer them in the right direction if you have the right conversations. And that's what I'm trying to do is steering people in the right direction to say, OK, OK, if you want to be a famous podcaster with millions of viewers, OK, it will only cost you your soul. That's it. But you can do it. And that's just by committing calumny, uh, calumny uh, and, you know, uh, lacking charity and attacking everyone around you that's that's your sure if you want to be a successful podcaster making those successful podcaster bucks that's what you got to do unfortunately though actually it's going to be much harder because the market's getting saturated with those but if you want to do good if your goal is to do good not to be the most famous podcaster in the world focus on the attitudes be a peacemaker Find the humor and the joy and the love in life and, and showcase that 
because there is a backlash coming. I can feel it. And Majelis, uh, there, but uh, there's there's a backlash coming against the negative anger. We've been in this for at least four years, maybe longer. That you know, it's just we're just saturated with all of this and the joy needs to come back um and so we need joyful people and we need to stop fighting each other which is another thing is that when we talk about these larger podcasts and whatnot they tend to cause rivalries with other podcasts and just backstab betray each other all the time and in order to try to steal and try to just get a little bit more popular it's like you're you have opportunities. Don't sacrifice your soul. Dear listeners and podcast hosts, do not sacrifice your soul for the sake of followers because there's going to be another guy who'll come down who'll do the same thing that you do, steal your followers away from you, and then you've lost your soul and you still don't have your followers anymore. But uplift, bring people together, and you'll be able to have something that is not only popular, maybe, no guarantees there, but good. And good is what you're aiming for, right? Jesus Jesus had his 12 apostles, right? Of the 12, only one stuck around with him till the end, right? But that one guy was do, did a lot of good by staying there. And he was spared a lot of torment by, you know, allowing being allowed to die normally instead of the rest of them who were terribly martyred. So I think that, I don't know if that point really made much sense, but still, be... Be be the good. Do the good works, and the fruits will come. Not as quickly as they will. Like the, the bad, doing the bad stuff gets you fruits quicker, but the fruit is bitter and it doesn't satiate you. Doing the good works gives you the good fruit, which will satiate you longer. You'll be more happy with your work, knowing that you did it for you did it for good and not for attention. Amen. That is my. That is my soapbox, sir. That is my soapbox. I like it. I like it. That that is a wonderful message, and I and I am I'm with you. Awesome. So I, I, to answer your question, that's where I want Catholic comedy to go. Uh, I want it to go to there. Uh-huh. I I hope so, and I hope so. I, I I really hope that you you get there. You know, I'm definitely gonna be praying for Catholic comedy to get to the point where it can do those kind of things because I I think it's needed. I think it will be very very well welcomed to be able to have that material out there. I think it's more likely that I'll inspire somebody else to do those things, but I'm just as happy for that too. I don't know how much C.S. Lewis you've read, but in the Screwtape letters, uh, there is uh, Uncle Screwtape is talking to um, Wormwood, I believe is the name of the demon. It's two demons having a correspondence. And Screwtape says, um, humility... He doesn't understand humility because he said that humility is when uh, a, a a skilled mason will build a, an extravagant cathedral, but would be just as happy had someone else built it. Mm. And I take that to heart because I'm doing this because no one else is. And once other people are, I don't have to do this and I can just enjoy it. So if somebody else creates a giant Catholic you know, like a giant Catholic media company that's focused on humor, joy, love, uh, that type of thing, I'd be just as happy to be able to say, okay, it exists. Mission accomplished, right? I'll help them in any way they can if they want my help, and if they don't, I will just enjoy it. Because that's that's what 
we're called to do, I think, is doesn't if you're trying to convert sinners to Christ so that it's a tally up on your little tally sheet, you're not you're getting your, your reward by your little tally sheet. But if you're just happy to see it done, that's what God wants us to do. He'll tell us to build a temple and we'll build it. And we'd be just as happy if he told somebody else to build it because now we have a temple. Now we have a grand cathedral that we can worship in, regardless of who built it. So long as it's built well, so long as it, it you know, it's not sacrilegious or anything, we should be happy. Like you should be happy if somebody else creates a podcast that's like yours and does it better. And then you don't have to necessarily do it. You could focus on other things, change your avenue of work. That's that's humility there. It's like you're happy about the thing being done, not about the who that did it. I mean, you might be a little bit upset if you're trying to do this as your career. You'd have to start a new career path. But this is a hobby, not your day job. So you get it. Like, And I think that's another thing, probably for another podcast, I'd go in for hours about money being involved in your apostolate. And like if your apostolate starts to collect money and the dangers of that, because that causes a lot of challenges. But if it's a hobby and somebody else is doing it, you can let them do it. And it's fine. If somebody else starts doing audio sketch comedy, right? And they want to, like, I'll be like, okay, you know what? You're starting this up. I'll just, I'll post into Catholic comedy for you. You send them to me, I'll just put it up there. And then, uh, you know, maybe one day you'll take over. We'll see. See how that goes. I mean, I got seven kids. So, you know, my wife would be very appreciative if somebody else took over part of this. <laughs> so you could dedicate more time to your family, is that what you're saying? Yeah, so I could dedicate a little more time to my family. I mean, it's not much. It's about, like I said, about an hour, maybe two hours a week that I do on this type of stuff. So, But still. If we only had more people doing these kind of creative things for an hour or two a week. We, we will. Mark my words, sir. We will. The time will come. Um, and I think that, that hearts and minds are changing and that there are people who are who are, are going to get into it and going to be producing some good content. And and I will be involved in some of them and I will not be involved in others. But the point is, it's get it will get done. And we're we're at like, this is the, you know, the last part of the dark night, right? So the, the, the sun will rise and then you can kind of see it poking over the, uh, you know, poking over the horizon. The sun is coming um, and we'll have joy in our lives again. Not to say people don't have joy in their life generally, but I'm talking about as a society. Society is generally joyless. So every night at nine o'clock, I go outside and I milk my goats. Yeah. So you know how, how you know how it is. Yeah, that's what goats. I do every day too, man. I I just come home from milk your goats. <laughs> milk my goats. So I'm so I milk my goats, and then the idea is that while I'm milking my goats, I'll join this Twitter space and we can just chat about stuff while I'm milking the goats. When I'm done, it's about thirty minutes to milk the goats. That's the that's how long it lasts, and then it's over. And this is an audio thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so it'll be the noise of the of the. Well, I I've got a I've got an auto milker, so it's just a. Oh, is it like a button or something? Uh, I I mean, so I have these two suction cups because okay, goats only have goats only have two teats, and they just go and they go on there, and then it drains the milk, and then I have to hand express at the end a bit. Um, but yeah, I do two to three goats 
depending upon uh, what time. During the morning, it's three. At night, it's two. It takes about 30 minutes. To, and then that's the milk that my kids have with their cereal in the morning. Awesome. I have a friend of mine who buys only milk goat from Trader Joe's because her her his little daughter can only have that. I don't know. You should get a goat. Well, you, it's difficult to have here goat goat here where I live. Do you, do you have a? Does it will be so cool though. It will be so cool if you just get a goat. But do you know? Do they have? Do they have a? I mean, do they have a yard at all? No, an apartment. Ah, uh, say so that would make it more difficult. Yeah, uh, because you can't keep it out on on like the patio or whatever, because goats jump up and make they're great escape artists. So I'll be. Can you see? I can see the article now. Goat leaps to. <laughs> Until we yeah. Oh my god! Could happen, but probably goat would be because goats are actually really good, and you know they they're really sturdy, so they don't fall a whole lot. But it would probably be just like p- people taking pictures of goat on the edge of skyscraper. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Ma, So, yeah. Well, no, we were doing one the other day just because I I had this. Like, you're not on Twitter, so you don't get to see all the Catholic Twitter anger stuff that happens but there was somebody who talked about how men don't real men don't change diapers and i was like that's not true um so i had to go on and so it was during during the milking where i had to i really i had to say this thing like i had i just had to be like i need to talk to someone so i just like let's do a space and so we're talking and uh you know we're starting up this whole thing and in order to call the goats over i have to go ma ma and he's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm milking the goats, but goats have to come to me. So I had to do a goat call. So that's how that's. Yeah. So that's kind of how things go. Uh, this is life on the farm, man. You, you deal with it. You do the things you got to do. But I work from home and I have a farm and it's all it's all fun and games. I love it. No, I, I had interviewed a guy who does these like hand carved and handmade things w- with wood. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I hear like chickens in the background, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I just, I just, uh, I just got some new chickens for my, for my." In his case, it was his backyard, but you know, he had the little chickens were in the background making the little chicken noise. I have uh, thirty-seven chickens, I believe, and um, thirty-seven chickens, and I ten to fifteen ducks, three geese, uh, five goats. Four dogs and a partridge and a pear tree. Amazing. I actually don't have a partridge, but I do have a pear tree. A pear tree. Yeah, but no partridge. I mean, what? No partridge. What is that? You know, the the 10 days of Christmas or 12 days of Christmas and a partridge in a pear tree. Oh, man, you don't know music. I don't know what a partridge is. Partridge. It's a bird. It's a bird? Yeah, partridge in a pear tree. It's a bird. No, I will. I will leave this so people know that I don't know what that means. But how do you not know what a partridge in a pear tree? I know the song. I just, I just never knew what that word meant. Oh, it's a burr. Uh, it's Easter. It's so it's a partridge is a medium-sized galliform bird, and any of uh, several genera with a wide native distribution throughout parts of Europe, Asia, and Africa. So some or several species have been introduced to the Americas. They are sometimes grouped in the Curtisinae subfamily of Phasianidae. Partridge. It's a bird. It's in a fair tree. 
Now I know. Now you know. I should have. If I can find it, I will have. Now you know. Yeah. No. Awesome. Awesome. This has been. This has been awesome to have you on the show and to get to know what Catholic comedy is about and what it could one day, and I'm sure one day it will become. If not it, it will support, as you said. That's right. That is correct. We also have a festival that we put on every year. So that's that's something that we'll talk about another time. Well, before when you start promoting it, let me know. We can do a little show about it. Definitely. Yeah. That'll be soonish. So next month, probably. Oh, next month. Okay. Well, we ne- start promoting it next month. It's in, it's going to be in January. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It's all good. All right. Thank you very so, much for having me. Yes. Yes. So thank you so much, Catholic Comedy, for jumping on the show, telling us your story, what you're all about. It's been awesome to have you. Thank you for having me, and I hope you have a great and wonderful rest of your day, sir. Good luck to you. We'll sing you out. Keep listening to the Catholic mindset with Alejandro Cervalli and his recurring guest. Enjoy the show.